Hey everybody, I'm Matt Hill. I'm in the uh, Trace Management Podcast Studio today. I'm here with my guest, Evan Bodazon. And uh, this is our show, The Talking Energy Show. Welcome, Evan. Welcome to the podcast studio. What do you think of this? No, man, it's it's pretty nice. I mean, when you invited me here, I didn't know what to expect, but this is a this is a full-blown podcast studio. I kind of like it. I mean, we've done a decent job. I need to put a lot more... Uh, of the uh, sound barrier stuff up. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a little echoing here because it's, you know, it's pretty large. Oh yeah. Room for this, but you know, we've got a cool little camera set up that works yeah. on my phone and uh, anybody that's interested in uh, coming in here and uh, doing an episode, I, I want to hear from you and the voices of our industry, including yours, man. You've been around a while. Tell, uh, introduce yourself, uh, like tell everybody like, how'd you get in the oil field? Where are you from? Okay. So like we mentioned earlier, my name's Evan Bodison. Um, Originally from West Virginia, born and raised. Went to school there uh, at WVU. Um, I've seen you wear your colors. Yeah, so you know, obviously, still diehard. You know, when it comes to college sports, you but, know, you're always welcome at the Wolfville tailgate party. <laughs> um, but uh, I always knew I wanted to go into engineering. Didn't really know what kind, so I went over to some open houses. Um, long story short, mechanical and aerospace didn't interest me as much as I thought it was, you know, oil and gas seemed like it was on the rise and Marcella Shale was coming along at that point. This is 2008. So it's in full swing at that point. So I thought, you know, I'll give it a try. You know, it turns out really liked it and got some, uh, got some internships along the way with Chesapeake and signed on them, signed on with them full time, um, in 2012 and they moved me out here and been here ever since. So. So when you're young, like, how do you even find out for yourself? Like, how did you find out about engineering? So, you know, for me, that bug in your head, (laughs) my parents, for the most part, you know, I always had a proficiency for, for math and science and always kind of liked that part of it. I've met his parents, by the way, they're amazing. Love them. (laughs) They're great people. Yeah. So hopefully they'll be back out here before long, but, um, yeah, they kind of put the bug in my ear, and, and West Virginia has always had – that's where my dad went to school. I mean, I always knew since I was a little kid that's where I was going to go. Um, but they had, you know, good engineering programs at the time, so it was kind of a no-brainer. Did you, know? you have, like, a, a another student that you knew that was in uh, oil and gas out there? Or, how? I mean, how did you not, even hear about, you know, petroleum engineering? Not really. I mean, funny story is I originally went over to do either mechanical or a dual major mechanical and aerospace because I've always been very interested in space yep. and things like that. We all want to go up there and uh, <laughs> try to uh, float around. Yeah, so um, went over originally for that, and during the open house, there's a stipulation you have to go to at least one more um, discipline. So just for whatever reason, I picked, you know, fate. Yeah, I guess so. If you want to call it that, um, picked oil and gas and I wasn't real impressed with mechanical and aerospace, um, and went, you know, and they had a good sales pitch, you know, it was, you know, dynamic industry, all this stuff, you know, exceptional pay, you know, obviously oh, yeah, that's, that's what, you know, I didn't get into, you know, return on an investment. Yeah. You know, exactly. Hey, for my degree, you know, I'm school's, get school's expensive. You know, you got to take care of it somehow. Yep. Um, so that's how I got into it. And then, Again, you know, talking about fate with the Chesapeake thing, this was when everything's blown and gone. You know, they've got a million interns, but all their spots are already spoken for. Um, I knew the operations manager out of Jane Lee, West Virginia, um, through a family friend. And I said, you know, hey, here's my resume. If something pops, you know, keep me in mind. And, you know, lo and behold, somebody dropped out and couldn't go. And long story short, that's how I got in and got my foothold. So what was uh, they they came to your school to look for interns and and. uh yeah. I said, hey, by the way, we like you. Yeah, so I, I kind of, it was the other way around. You know, a lot of people came in and headhunted at West Virginia, but I didn't have an internship going into my sophomore year. And I was like, 
well, everything was spoken for at the point. And I wasn't behind the eight ball. They usually don't get them until junior year, but I wanted to go out and try and get ahead. And all the internships were spoken for. And that's where I took my resume down to Jane Lou and dropped it off and said, you know, Hey, if anything pops, you have any, have anybody drop out, whatever it may be, you know, just, just keep, you know, keep me in mind. And Man, that's cool. Yeah. So it was once again, one of those things that, you know, and I'll tell, you know, anybody this young and upcoming in the industry, it's, you gotta be, you gotta stay hungry and you really gotta want, especially nowadays when Thirst it's not, for knowledge, first of all. Yeah. And, and you gotta be, you gotta be hungry and you gotta be a go getter. You're just not going to make it. Yeah, especially look for, look for every opportunity to lend a hand mm -hmm. to others. Yeah. And it's not always about, you know, initially it's not always about securing that high paying internship. I mean, sometimes you gotta, you know, get your name out there and say, Hey, I'm willing to help, you know, you know, let me, let me see what I can do to help. Even if it's cleaning tanks, whatever it may be, you gotta get, you gotta get started somewhere and, you know, start to show your worth at that point. Yeah. And you have the, uh, what was your first internship like? Do they very, very interesting. Um, <laughs> it quickly went from an internship to, okay, we need people to supervise clean out runs on workover rigs. Man. So I had probably a week, week of oil field experience and they said, Hey, do you think you can do this? And I said, yes, of course. And I'm yeah, well, I was saying not, no, yeah. you know, but I was like, Oh my, you know, I'm eight, you know, 19, 20 years old, you know, and the boss. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't like I was doing anything like managing a drilling rig or anything like that. It's, it's a clean out run, um, for TCP when they go in and, and, you know, get ready for frack. So, yep. You know, not a whole lot can go wrong, but still, you know, I'm managing guys that, you know, some of them are twice, you know, twice and a half my age at that point. You know, some of these guys got are 50, 50 years old. And, you know, they call <laughs> everything something different than you've learned it. Yeah. yeah like, but, oh, you know, this. lo and behold, it was kind of just, you know, throw you to the fire, but it, it worked for me. You know, I'm not going to say I was the best or, you know, or anything like that. But, you know, I did good enough that, you know, they brought me in during my Christmas break. And I, you know, I worked through my entire Christmas break, helping them get ready for this stuff. So it was a very, very good experience, but it was, it was not like, you know, most of the internships nowadays are extremely structured and most of them back then were too. You see X amount of weeks of this X amount of weeks of that. Mine was, we're so busy. We need you right here. Yeah. And that's just kind of what I did. And it was, like I said, you know, phenomenal experience, but not a typical internship. I don't think, but they paid you too. There's, yeah. No, but not all internships in the industry are uh, paid internships. No, which is unfortunate. I, I think, you know, I, I, I don't see that as I like not, free labor. It's a genius way to get <laughs> yeah, an operator. <laughs> exactly. And you know, a lot of other industries are much more prone to it. My, yeah. my wife's industry is a lawyer. A lot of people work for free, you know, as wow. interns, which is so insane. Like you're, you're getting that resume experience. So therefore in their heads, it adds up to money yeah, down the line. Which it doesn't, but you know, it's, you know, I, I have difference differences of opinions on unpaid internships. So I'm looking for an intern to come in here and uh, do all my, uh, <laughs> all my, uh, what do you call it? The production stuff on the back end. Yeah. Like, I just want to come in here sit down, talk on the microphone with my friends mm -hmm. and hit the record button. And then somebody else edit this. Yeah, later. There's a certain value in that, you know, getting some of your time back, not having to do that. Yeah. Should I pay a kid out of college to do it though, or do it for free for the resume? I'm going to have to, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 on each that early. Yeah, that's on each employer's, uh, the onus is on each employer there, but you know, that was, I'm going to get was, what I pay for. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's, that's what I think, you know, you, you know, you, you know, you attract top level talent. You know, they're not, they're not there to work for free. You know, I'm not saying money's money at the end of the day is not the end all be all, but you know, we all got to eat and everything like that. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not suffering. So I say <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And then I'm like, oh man, if I didn't have like when I was younger and just like scratching to climb everything, like yeah. it was the 
end all be all at the time in my yeah. head. And I'm like, Oh, if I only had money, I wouldn't, you know, I'd be happy. I wouldn't suffer. Blah mm-hmm. blah. Yeah. So after your internship, what was the, uh, what did they hire you full time? Yeah. yeah. So they hired me full time. I had one more internship and it was actually out here in Oklahoma city. So I was out here for about three months in between my junior and senior year. And like the third day back at college, they called me and said, you know, Hey, we got a spot for you. Do you want it? Wow. Of course. So, of course I do. And you know, at that time, you know, I was kind of wanting to get out of West Virginia. Not that I didn't like it, but I just wanted to see something else. And yeah. I said, you know, hey, we're going to. And you're ready. You're like, hey, let's yeah. go. I mean, if I go to the Permian, if I go to Houston, if I go to Denver here. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm already, at, you know, I'm already out in the general area. So, you know, they said, you know, we'll, we'll start you out there. And they asked me what I wanted to, you know, if I had my pick, what I wanted to do. And I said drilling. Um, I had most, both of my completions were in production and complete, or both of my internships were in production and completions. So, um, I always wanted to do drilling. I just didn't have the opportunity, you know, there, but they gave me my choice and got into drilling. And that's what my, you know, signed on to be a field engineer. That's what I went and did for uh, about two years. What was the most challenging part of that whole, once you get to college till that time, like, what do you, what do you recommend for, you know, students that are you know possibly watching this and want to get into oil and gas and engineering side of it? Like, what do you recommend to them to do that you wish, you know, you knew back then? You need to be extremely effective at budgeting your time. That is, there is a finite amount of time in a day, in a week, in a month, and you need to work on being effective at managing that. Because especially early on in your career, if you're going into drilling, working in the field, you know, pretty much any discipline. If you're going to work in the field, long hours, you're not at home, you know, you're not at home a lot. It was easy for me, single guy. Yep. I didn't have anything, you know, I didn't have anything tie me, but, you know, people coming out with girlfriends, wives, and, you know, I, I just spent the last five months working as a, you know, company man on rig. Yep. Um, you need to be effective at budgeting your time. And the one thing, you know, for, for younger guys, a single, maybe this doesn't apply as much, but people with a family is you need to realize that things at home need to be in order before you go out you know, all that stuff, all that other stuff can wait. You need to have your stuff, you know, lined up at home. You know, your family is obviously your most important thing. You I know? mean, that's why we're doing all this. Exactly. You know, um, but, but I, I think for, for young guys, single guys, you know, more so than that is learn to budget your time. Cause I think you and I could go out in the woods and survive, you know, without oil and gas products. I mean, we'd have loincloths from deer and, you know, like use hoofs for some kind of weapon. <laughs> but, you know, since my wonderful wife likes to have things mm-hmm. and so do I now. Yeah. Yeah. You got to budget that time, make sure the home life is good. And I'm not giving away a house to an ex-wife. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, you gotta, and, and that's the thing, you know, I've, there are plenty of stories out there. People, you know, family is not making it because, you know, husband, whatever is away for extended period of time. And, on, you know, in most situations, especially in drilling, being a 24, seven, 365 job, it requires a lot of your time. Yep. So I think level setting that expectation, especially if you know you're going to go work in the field or, you know, even new to the office where you get lumped with a lot of the, you know, busy work and stuff that the younger guys, you know, generally do, you need to make sure that you don't let that eat you up and that consume you. So I, I think that's something that, that's very important, especially especially for the younger guys. Yeah. I mean, I mean, anybody can learn that lesson. It doesn't have to just be younger guys. Yeah, but for us, I mean, there's so much of this industry, and there's yeah, you're right. I mean, just budget your time, mm-hmm. give it all. And it's not I can't I can't give you the the Rosetta Stone when it comes to budgeting your time. I think that's something you've got to learn and you have to practice. 
but there are people that can help you out with that. And I'd be more than willing, especially younger, older, whoever it may be, you know, if, if you want some, some help and some of the pitfalls that I went through on that side of it, you know, by all means, just reach out to me and I'd love to help you. See, that's where, and I'm the same way I want to, you and I, I I'm older than you and you're, I mean, you're already way ahead of where I was at your age, like learning that whole, like, man, I've been given so much like, oh my gosh, I have enough time now to give back to others. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I do this to give back to our industry and now you're already seeing like, man, I, I'm fortunate. And so let's start giving back. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I had, I was very fortunate enough to have good people surrounding me. And I think that is, you know, another one of the lessons is you can't do whatever it may be in the oil field or most likely any industry is you can't do it by yourself. No one is good enough to do this job by yourself. You have to surround your pe you have to surround yourself with good people and trust them to do their jobs, to help you do your job. And, you know, surround yourself with, with good mentors. You know, I talk to people, um, people in the industry that, that I've worked with and, you know, a guy who really helped me out, one of our former VPs at Chesapeake, he now works for a company out of Houston, Bill Martinez. Yep. You know, I still talk to him probably monthly. And Keep your mentors close. Yeah. And it's, it's not always the big thing for me is it wasn't always, you know, Hey, you know, when you want to talk about the industry, when where I'm working now, they said, okay, you're going to spend some time in the field, you know, work as a company man and all that stuff. And I was perfectly fine with it. But my number one question to him is how do I handle that with my wife? Because when we, when we first got married, I was in the office, yep. or I was home every day, especially COVID. We saw each other every minute of every day there for a while. And then it went from that to bam, I'm gone for 14 days, you know, at a minimum. So it was, um, you know, obviously it's a big change. It's a big change for me, but, but being in the oil field for at that time, you know, eight and a half, nine years, I knew what to expect. Yeah, I knew what I was getting. Yeah, we're comfortable. Like we'll see you in six months, boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no problem. So, but my, my number one question to him is like, how do you, how do I handle that? How do I plan my home, my home life so that, you know, obviously it's going to be a strain, but how do I prevent it from getting to so much of a strain to where it starts to affect us? So, you know, send I, flowers and jewelry. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So, yeah, whatever it may be, but he was extremely helpful on that front. So it's not only, you know, learn, learn from other people, you know, other people, I'm not saying other people have made mistakes, but you know, the people who are, who are confident enough in themselves to recognize that they made mistakes and help others out with that. Oh, I've made a lot it of mistakes. Is, it's huge. And, you know, you know, he had told me some stuff and things that, you know, he didn't do right or things that he saw that he wishes he would have done better. And, it, you know, it, it helped me tremendously. So, you know, I've came a long way in 10 years, but I didn't do it by myself. I learned from others that said, Hey, don't do, you know, either, Hey, think about doing this or, you know, I've done this before. Think about doing it a different way has helped me miss a lot of those pitfalls. I've still made mistakes. Everybody has, but, but I think that's, that's very important is you, you have to one, keep a good team and keep good mentors around you. Yeah. I, uh, man, every, everybody I talk to, I'm always like, guys, I did not get anywhere I'm at today with a lot of people before me putting their arm around my shoulder and mm -hmm. saying, Hey kiddo, come here. Let me introduce you to all these people. Yep. You know, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. Yeah. It's, you know, the, you know, I'm 10 years into the industry now and I'm just thinking about, you know, where I was and where I am now and the people along the way that have helped me get there. You know, it's, it's been a fun ride, not always up. You know, there's been some downs and some ups and downs. Yeah. You know, just shopping all of our friends' resumes to the entire world and like anything yet, anything yeah, yet. Oh man. I mean, I spent, crazy. you know, after eight years at Chesapeake, you know, COVID bankruptcy, everything comes along, you know, I get a call and don't have a job, you know, it, you know, it and now they're back to buying assets. <laughs> like, yeah. It's funny. Uh, but, you know, at the time, you know, it was a real, you know, it was a gut punch. I'm not going to lie. Oh, that's and, a huge gut punch. And you go from 
you know, being very secure and, you know, at the time, a lot of my self-worth was tied up in being a drilling engineer. That's what I was, yeah. you know, that's, that's what I knew. That's what I was good at. At least I think I was good at it. Good. Um, so success you know, stories right there. That's, you know, it, it went from that to what am I going to do now? So, um, luckily I found my way back. Yeah. What are you doing now? I can't wait okay. to hear about all this, man. <laughs> so, hey, check it out. Everybody needs to pay attention right now. Cause, uh, He's been uh, hard at it. Yeah, so um, all started there not too long after I had gotten laid off. Um, again, friends in the industry got me in with uh, with DT Consulting. They're based out of Houston, um, project management company. Um, long story short, and I'll get into more of the details here shortly. Is you know we manage drilling projects for either private equity or smaller companies that you know may not have their full drilling staff or you know may not be the size of a Devon, you know any of those companies. I mean, we, need, we're probably never going to see the yeah, size of those companies yeah. anymore. I mean, we've got a couple towers left of full drilling <laughs> engineers, but not like we used to. So, you know, we partner with those companies to manage their projects for them and use our expertise and, you know, our ability to leverage vendors to provide them a large scale product for a small company. You know, a large scale operation, we're able to bring all of that in house and work with them as partners. So, um, I had talked to my boss now is Pat Salvo. He's based out of Houston for DET. He runs, he runs DET president, you know, all that good stuff. Um, uh, an industry friend got me in front of him and you know, this was last, uh, last November. So a year ago now. Um, and he said, you know, times are tough, which they were, you know, at that time, oil's cratering, nothing really going on. You know, they're, yeah. they're running, they're still fortunate enough run, you know, run a rig or two and everything like that. But there's, there's no room for me. And I understand that. And he said, Hey, stay in touch with me. You know, when things come back around, you know, just keep in touch with me. And I stayed in touch with him and, you know, about every month gave him a call. And then, you know, he came calling in May and said, Hey, you ready to go to work? I said, Hell okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go to work. Never stopped working and just like, I want to get paid for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, signed on with him and went to work in the field, um, as a night company man down in, in South Texas, drilling a couple of different places. So there. fun, man. Once you get back in the field, man, you're like, yes. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the goal for, for me and Pat was, you know, prove myself in the field, get up to speed, all that stuff on how they do business, mm -hmm. and then eventually start managing, managing projects for yep. them. Um, and, and that's that's what I do now, you know, as a project manager. Um for right now, I'll be managing a rig. Once it once it once it gets done on this operator, and moves to the next one. I'll pick it up from there. Um, the other part of my job is going and reaching out to companies. Um, they have a huge base in in Houston and places around Houston. But you know, the unique opportunity for me is I'm not in Houston. I'm in Here. Oklahoma City. Yeah. I can access Oklahoma City operators, um, access DFW operators, and you know all the private equity money that, that flows between here and there. You know, it's a unique opportunity for me to help build the brand too. So. You know, that's a curious question for me. How, so anybody listening out there, cause I, I don't think we have the numbers in this room, but how many operators are out there? Any idea at all? Total? Total operators. I couldn't give you that number. Anything that I said would be a, you know, a best guess. The it's, amount of operators that we work with right now is about 62 or 61. 61 operators. That's yeah. amazing. So well, we in my head, I always wonder like, so that's your cut, but total operators. And then how many operators have full-time engineers on staff in that percentage? And that then, number is coming down 
every month. Yeah. I think your, your days of, they're still going to be around your Devons, your, your Chesapeake's, your companies like that will be around and your, your mid, your mid-sized company to large scale companies yep. are always going to have that, you know, in-house drilling department. But what you, you're seeing you think is the small operators are in the thousands. I would think so. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, all of them need an engineer from time to yeah, time, whether and, it be for a drilling project a completion, a yeah. workover, a clean out, all of it. Yeah, and, and the thing that, that we provide, you know, there there's a lot of those operators that may drill one or two wells a year. Yep. Or maybe one or two wells every other year. Or not any at all, and they just keep production up. Yeah. But you know, then they you know, a company we were just recently drilling for, they just put their first two wells in the ground and you know, they came to us and you know, we were able to help them do that. And, and the thing that I like about that is is if we can get in the door with them early and start managing this up front, the big thing for us is planning got a plan you got to plan ahead allow us to leverage our expertise and experience and deliver for these small companies if they're only drilling one two maybe three wells a year if something happens and they try and do it in-house or something like that or you know they're just not given you know they're just not given the experience that they need and they lose one of those wells i mean that's a kill for a small company with tiny you know tiny margins losing a two three four million dollar well is an absolute killer you know a, a, Chesa a chesapeake any of those companies they can write. They have one to. Of those. They have to absorb. They it. can write one of those off every once in a while. Your small companies, that may be it. So you know that you know talking to operators, and I just was, was meeting with one a couple of weeks ago. Is they've tried going it solo before, and they drilled three wells and lost two of them. Mm. And you know I'm talking. I was like, you guys, you guys can't afford to do that. And the one thing you're cheap, you know. So project management and engineering is way cheaper than losing a well. Exactly. You know, it, it allows us. We get in there early. We help them plan and foresee these problems that they may not have thought of that, you know, even though we're a smaller company, we have tons of experience, you know, we're on Oh pace. yeah. You're, you're used to regulatory. You're used to yes. the AFPs. You're used to the working with the geology department, mm -hmm. reservoir completion team. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys, I mean, especially in Chesapeake, you guys had those top down, you know, mm -hmm. to bottom meetings. And, and here we do too. DET, you know, we cover it all the way from, from upfront planning, staking wells all the way through. We do completions, you know, we do completions as well. And, you know, the, the thing that we offer that, that really helps our customers out a lot, especially now is leveraging our experience. You know, we have experience, whether it be project managers, engineers, we have experienced hands. The big thing right now is we've got hot rigs and we're able to schedule those out and open up slots for companies want to come in and drill one or two wells. They don't have to pick a rig up out of the dirt, deal with all the mob, deal with all the gremlins that come with all of that. The rigs already have hands that are experienced. Yes. Which that's very, very hard <laughs> to find nowadays. It's, you know, it's, and everybody's dealing with it. And, it's and definitely we're a pitch point in our industry right now. You see it all over LinkedIn. Like, I mean, I, I saw Amanda's post, you see, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I mean, all the big drilling contractors and all the little ones are all looking for hands, but you know, we're able to leverage those rigs that we already have. And we're able to work with those rig contractors as a larger company, as DET as a whole. And maybe we're going and drilling a two well package for an operator. And that's their only two wells, but we're still treated as a larger operator because we're, like I said, we're on pace for about a hundred wells this year. So, you know, we're putting a lot of holes in the ground. It may be for that's different awesome. operators, yeah, but you're still doing, yes, but we leverage that and we're able to leverage vendors as a larger company, get better pricing. Um, the big thing that's, you know, holding up a lot of companies right now is casing. Casing is an absolute killer. It's it's very very hard. I don't want to say impossible. Why are we not Why are we not making more casing here in the U.S. Uh, I don't. Where, where is that pinch point so, not being solved right now? So what it was was I think they it, it's it's one it's people two and then it's supply chain. I mean mm -hmm. it's just not there. Um, when everything crashed, 
it hasn't been as quick to build back up. We went from basically, you know, I don't want it to build back up though from overseas <laughs> supply. I mean, I want yeah. it to build back up, but I'm like, look, America, uh, everybody's paying higher prices, mostly mm-hmm. because we've now outsourced everything. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to pay these prices, let's make it American made. Yeah. So, and you know, while we can't solve those problems, you know, those are at a much larger level than what we are. I think we're solving them right now <laughs> in this studio. We can utilize, you know, the fact with all these different pipe sources that we have, you know, they know how much pipe we're going to put in the ground yep. per year. So we're able to still leverage them and get casing. Whereas your smaller operators that maybe only drill, maybe they do it in house. Because your vendors are coming yeah. to you and saying, "Hey, I've got a hundred wells for this project." Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, so you know we can say, you know we can say, "Hey, we're the package is a lot larger than just X operator that's drilling two or three wells." Yep. So we can leverage that and reduce pricing and get casing, which you're seeing with a lot of your smaller operators. They're I do not, that. They're this, not even able to get. It. I do that. So for for night wool tools mm-hmm. or uh, now for a uh, night fire. If I'm working with you or Trace or Crescent or Basin, yeah. like Basin gets their price, not the operators they work for. Crescent gets their price. You guys can have your price from us. You know, like, hey, yeah. Matt, I'm going to use you on every project. I want my price. Mm-hmm. And I think that that allows us to stave off. And you're going to see increases across the board. Things are going to get more expensive. Um, that's just a fact of life right now. But Mostly because uh, you're going to send me the RFQ for all of those operators. And I'm gonna have to, you're going to be like, wait, why is this guy this price and this guy this price? Matt, I get one price across the board. Yeah. So, you know, but we work with a lot of vendors and, you know, we're able to stay away some of that. And the other thing is, is we have a working relationship with a lot of these vendors. So yeah. we know the level. Well, it's the same. This is a partnership, yeah. buddy. If I know that you are going to use me for every project, I'm going to make sure that your equipment's going to be the best. I'm going to make sure that you get it out on time, that it's, I mean, you're going to get the best price. All the things that you need as an operator, I'm going to work really hard to maintain. You know, you're not going to be calling and going, oh, hey, Matt, I need this. I'm like, I don't have it. I'm going to know you need it. And that's what, you know, we, you know, we develop, you know, strategic partnerships with a lot of vendors and, you know, we have our preferred vendors for our larger, you know, whether it be directional, whatever, um, and, you know, we'll get operators and be like, this is, this is, you know, who we suggest. Um, and, you know, we would like to use them because we know the level of service that they're going to provide. Yeah. And that allows us to have some more of a known qual- quantity and get a better, um, get a better price point. Now, it may, it may not be the cheapest. And, you know, there are a lot of things that I won't do just because they're the dirt cheapest, because if they cannot give me the level of service or the performance, then they're going to end up costing me more money. Yeah. But we're for, at Chesapeake, I mean, Chesapeake really, they, they were the first, I think in Oklahoma city to adopt procurement department. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you saw the beginnings of it and got all that experience with working with your procurement department and going, Hey guys, thank you for going out and shopping all of our vendors for all these prices. And I appreciate that list, but also if you forgot these three guys who yeah. are, yes, they weren't the cheapest, but here's why I use them and teaching the procurement department, like, Hey, you need to call him, him and him because they're the best. Yeah. And, and we were fairly handcuffed on that side there to where, you know, here we're, you know, if we decide that they're the best performing vendor, then that's, that's who we're going to use and who we think will provide the best product to the operator that we are drilling for, or, you know, completing walls for who, whatever it may be, you know, that's, that's who we're going to use. And we've been working, we've developed some very good relationships with these vendors. Um, and they provided us a great level of service and allowed us to go out. And like I said, for that recent operator that drilled the first two wells that they've ever drilled, no problems, able to put them in the ground, you know, in a, in a fairly challenging area, 
because we as DET have been there, done it before. We know the pitfalls, and that allows us to use that expertise and drill for them like we're a much larger operator, you know, like they're a much larger operator and get those efficiencies that come with it. Do you, what are you excited about on that part of the, uh, you know, being part of an engineering and project management firm now? Like what, what are you seeing that's really like exciting coming down the pipeline? The thing that's most exciting for me is the, you know, obviously the project management, being a drilling engineer, I have a lot of that experience already. There's some new things. I'm, I'm responsible for a lot more of it than I was at my previous operator, um, or my previous job, I'm just responsible for a lot more, but I knew that going in and I'm, I'm excited about that, you know, more responsibility, more freedom to do, you know, more freedom to do how things beginning to end. Yeah. You know, and do then. And I, I'm really excited for that. But I think the thing that I'm most excited for that I haven't done before is reaching out to these smaller companies. And, you know, the other part of my job is sales. Oh yeah. You know, I'm selling, yeah, I'm yeah. selling the company and myself, Yeah, you know, and I think that's the thing that I'm most excited about. Um, I got some experience Little business development. Side. Yeah, exactly. Going out and reaching these new vendors and, and you know, selling the product and the, the product is, you know, Hey, let us help you develop, you know, let us help you develop these wells and we'll deliver you a great product. And you're meeting with your peers, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, like, Hey, I was at, you know, all these operators. So I'm, I'm you, but now I'm, you know, doing this, you know, for you. Yeah. And a lot of these smaller operators, the, the engineers, they're not solely responsible for, for drilling or completions, you know, they're, they're operations engineers. Mm -hmm. So they're You're good at a little bit. They're and good they're reporting to their people. Yeah. yeah. They're good at a little bit of everything, but you know, Hey, let us come in. You know, we, we've done this before. We've got the tools to do all this. Let us come in and deliver you a great. So whenever you're leveraging your, uh, new, you know, customer in front of you, like, what do you, what do you come into them and say, Hey, by the way, I, uh, see you're about to start this project and here's what we offer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, initially I'll go in, you know, do all of my research up front, you know, where they're drilling, what they're drilling, you know, if they can, you know, a little introductory email say, you know, Hey, here, here's who I am. Here's what we do. Yep. Um, you know, I see you're drilling and whatever play it may be, we've got, you know, if, we've got rigs there and have run and got some experience. Do you mind if I put together an AFE for you? Um, that's kind of my starter. And some people are to that point and some people are before that point, you know, kind of if they're to that point, I'll take them in and, and show them the AFE. And I don't, I don't ever lowball AFEs. I'm very transparent in what each oh, yeah, cost man, that, is. Well, that's just going to bite you in the ass. Yeah, no, it'll end up in, it'll end up biting you in the ass or something like that. So I'll let them in my goal, you know, I'll, I'll get them. Hey, what do you, what do you, what are you looking for? in a good operator or somebody to operate your wells. And I'll explain to them, you know, Hey, here's my AFE. Um, if you have any questions, let's talk about it. And, you know, kind of the selling points for me, um, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, we've got hot rigs with, with good crews. You know, we provide all of our own company men, people we trust. So on that, so whenever there's project management teams and engineering mm -hmm. firms like yours and you put out your people, well, if they have a question, they can call you. And yes. so they have, I mean, basically they have an engineer on staff if they, you know, use your, it is. And, and we are each, each project manager all the way up to Pat is intimately involved in their projects. Oh, Pat. You know, we, uh, aren't you here, Pat? <laughs> he's a very busy man. Um, but we are, uh, we're intimately involved in each one of our projects and each one of our projects that we develop all the planning for and do all that stuff. We see it all the way through, you know, we're, we're there, you know, every single day we operate as, you know, we operate as a superintendent at the end of the day. And it's, you know, communication between the field personnel and me, you know, it's, it's a big team 
at that point it's not me doing everything it's not them doing everything it's a team come together and you know that's that's kind of how we you know try to differentiate ourselves is you know we get in there get the get the planning done early you know we want to be in there as early as possible we're not charging by the hour so that allows us to get in there if i if i can talk to an operator get in there a year ahead six months ahead whatever it may be as much time as they'll afford to give me allow me to go through if you get six months or a year let me know about yeah that. it's not gonna happen <laughs> not i gonna mean happen. that would be that would be extremely <laughs> we're, we're still all on the price of oil you know like oh it's right now oh, we're, getting, we're getting calls from people we're working with and say hey can you go drill us a well in two weeks yep so it, you know we're, we're yes, seeing that yes i can <laughs> for the right amount of money yes i can all my vendors would hop on board for the right price <laughs> so we're you know but we like to get in there as early as possible because we truly believe one of the things that sets us apart is that planning ahead of time We've seen between the four of us, we've seen a lot. We've done a lot. We know if we don't know the answer, we know the people to call yep. and let's plan a lot of this stuff out of the way. So you learned this. Hey, so yeah. guys like Evan, like got out behind that screen, be out of that cubicle and went out there and met everybody in the industry yep. and shook palms, whether it be service guys like me or other engineers, but they went to meetings. And that man, that's why I'm doing this. I want all of you guys listening yep. to this to go out there and meet people in our industry so that you have those connections. Yeah, because it will it will help you. It will help you certainly. You yeah, know, I'm not. I wouldn't have him in here on this podcast unless I was like, oh, that's a solid dude. I want him in here. <laughs> Smart. So you know, back back to what we were talking about. You know, meeting with people is that I like to get in there. And, you know, I think the thing that differentiates us is let me get in there. Let me let me and the team start planning and everything and develop you a product. So we've drilled this well a thousand times on paper before we even get the rig out there. Yeah. So that, that takes away a lot of potential pitfalls of, you there's know, still going to be pitfalls. There is nothing, you know, nothing survives, you know, like, nothing, like, nothing like Tyson said, the, you get punched in the face, you the know, rock, it's yeah. always the rock, you know, you get, you know, everybody's got a plan. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched. Yeah. So it's the same thing out there, but all of that pre-planning that goes into it, we're ready for whatever those punches may be. And, you know, we've got the people out there with the correct amount, you know, the right amount of experience. And, you know, we don't deploy a day guy and a night guy. Yes, we have a day guy and a night guy, but in our, turn, you know, in our minds, they are both day guys and are, you know, are capable of operating the, you know, or running the rig themselves. So that allows us to have a lot of experience out there. And, you know, all these things that, that may happen that, you know, weren't on our best laid plan, we're still ready for them. You know, at the end of the day, we're going to solve it, whatever it may be. So I think the big thing for us is pre-planning, um, we have hot rigs that are already in place and we're able to leverage our vendors due to our larger footprint for drilling for a lot of different operators. We're able to le le ah, leverage our vendors to get better pricing and procure equipment such as casing. The Hochatown's working. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, by the way, Hochatown, if you want to be a sponsor for this <laughs> podcast, uh, just hit me up. So I think that's kind of what sets us apart right there. And that's kind of why I'm excited to get started. It is exciting. Uh, I mean, just all the activity again. I mean, that's what we all live for. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, let's, you know, so what are you excited about right now as far as uh, what project do you want to sink your teeth into? The, I, I really you drilling. You want you're like, oh, man, now I'm really into completions. Now I'm into facilities, pipelines. Like what? So what I'm, do you want to like go and grab? I'm still primarily drilling. And the thing that I'm excited is to go out and grab a project from one of these P companies that, you know, maybe they've, they've four mile lateral. Yeah. Well, let's, let's start, let's start with one and then we'll go from there. So, um, but you know, my, the main excitement I have now is going out to these smaller companies, um, 
and saying, you know, hey, here's what we can deliver for you and getting one of them to say yes and going and delivering that project to them. That's that's what I'm most excited about. You know, obviously, I'm I'm incredibly thankful, you know, for the work that we have right now. And, you know, things are going great. But the thing, thank you. The thing that really excites me is is going out there and and helping somebody else. You know, getting getting that next getting the next company to say yes and, and let us help. Some mineral owner is going to be like, "Holy crap! They just made me a lot of money." Exactly. You know, well, that's, let's that's, do this again. That's what we're here. You know, that's that's what we're here to do. You know, at the end of the day, we want to provide a great product that allows them at the end of the day to make more money. Do you guys have any of your own wells? They like uh, so. Say I come to you with a project. And you're like, you know what? We want in on this project. Why don't instead of uh, you guys paying us, you know, for our services, you give us a piece of this well. Do you guys ever do that? I don't believe so, but I can't speak to that. And I'm not going, I'm, I'm just not going to speak to it just because I don't know. The The main bulk of our business is project management yeah. for operators. Yeah, you don't ever come across a project like, man, I wish I had a piece of that one that I just did. Yeah, but usually I don't have enough money in my pocket to yeah. you know, get in on one of these. That's wells, what, but but that's nice. where you use your brains. You're like, <laughs> okay, listen, I don't have any money to put into this, but I can go make this project happen. And then you give me a piece of this well. Maybe one of these days, but I'll stick with what we got right now. It's working pretty well and we're helping a lot of people out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. S, S, hey, you better like... Uh, it's going to be Evan Bottas on consulting someday. <laughs> uh, let's not get too far out over our skis. So I don't want so. to get you fired on the first day of your podcast. <laughs> no, we're uh, we're doing well, and the company's really, really starting to grow. So I think, you know, with them bringing me on, that shows they have enough trust in me to to help grow the business. And like I said, I'm uniquely. Um, uniquely placed to really access this in the DFW market, you know, where a lot of these smaller companies are. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think they're going to start popping up again everywhere. Hopefully we can see like Tulsa or, you know, re, yeah. you know, re being reinvigorated. Uh, I mean, there's just, I mean, golly, there's just every, all the Woolfield towns are just like popping. Yeah. I'm excited. It's, it, it is. It, it is exciting, especially after the last year that we had, you know, it feels, it feels really good. It feels Everybody really get outside, use oil and gas, <laughs> buy things. Like everything's made of oil and gas. We need you out yeah. there. So it's it's been exciting, and and it, at least the way that that we see it, you know, it's certainly it's certainly going to continue this way. I think you know the supply chain constraints on a much larger scale are going to prevent. Are you guys having pinch points? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's everybody's, you know, having pinch points. It's it, the difference between us having pinch points and us not being able to do business. That's, I think, where we stand uniquely leveraged to continue to do business where a lot of your smaller operators can't. Have you called anybody and weren't able to get something you needed? Not yet. Um, again, going back to kind of the pre-planning, you know, whether it be me or the other project managers have kind of, you know, they've kind of see this starting to snowball and getting to a spot. So we've been out in front of this, whether it be, you know, procuring mud products, pre yep. procuring casing, whatever it may be. We know we have a three or four well package coming up that we need X amount of motors for, order them all up front and prevent that from becoming a problem. Yep. And I think having the, the foresight to do that again, you know, seeing this coming allows us to provide wells to companies. That's that's a really hard thing for me to do too. When I give quotes, like man, right mm -hmm. now, I, sometimes I want to give quotes for a week, and I know I'm like, hey, for my friends, I'm gonna give a quote for a month, but that also like gives me like just you know butterflies in my stomach. Like man, I'm giving this quote for a month, yep. and everything I do, 
might be double the price and I might not, I might lose my butt here in a month on this. And it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, none of us can see the future. We just try to, you know, see where things are pointed and, and try and, you know, use our relationships with these vendors to, you know, eliminate as much of the supply constraints as we've seen. But I think it's going to eventually affect everybody. I think casing is going to be the thing that really starts to, to hamper the growth of the U S oil business before long. Well, I'm unabashedly for profit, but as you know, all my friendstermers know, if you call me and tell me, Hey, this is the price I can pay, then I'm probably just going to give you that price. <laughs> Cause I trust you. You know, we've worked together long enough. I'm like, Hey, look, if this is a price you need, I'll go to my people mm -hmm. and say, can we do this? And it's just one phone call, you know, that's it. Yeah. No. And I, I think that again, you know, having these experiences get out and seeing vendors, whether it be you or, you know, X mud company, Y directional company, whoever it. Well, may there's be. only one directional company, Scott, <laughs> Scott Birch directional, uh, SB directional. <laughs> um, but, but getting out there and getting in front of this and talking to those guys and developing that relationship and saying, you know, Hey, we've got, we've got this work, you know, let's, let's, let's do this work and maybe stave off some of those increases and, and still provide, you know, still provide a good solid product for the operator at not some exorbitant cost because it's very hard to explain to an operator afterwards. You'd quote them this and like, why did everything go up? It's and, two weeks, and <laughs> two weeks down the road, everything went yeah, up. Yeah, I know. And, and that is the answer. And again, you know, when I was saying I'm transparent, I'm, I'm fully transparent. If, if casing prices or whatever, it goes up, you know, I'm going to let the operator know that. And here's what we can deliver for you. What's today. the fastest thing that goes up fuel costs for the, for the operations and meat, like diesel fuel costs. Since I started in May, fuel's probably gone up from $2.1 to 2.9 yeah. in some areas. So yeah, it's, and it, that has gone up. Call Michael at pilot. He'll help you <laughs> I'm going to so, plug all my friends today. Oh, good. So, oh, you got to, yeah, to. that's why I'm plugging this guy. salesman. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that, and then, you know, everything has started to come up behind that. So. What's the coolest technology in the industry right now that you see? I mean, I mean, me, I'm, I get on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. And by the way, I love Twitter. You need to be on Twitter and tell your opinion every day. <laughs> we, Oilfield is ruling Twitter right now. That's fantastic. <laughs> but what's the coolest technology you see in our industry that's really a game changer? I don't, you know, there's, there's obviously. And you may not talking. even be like a part of it, but you like this. That's cool. I, I don't know that I would consider, you know, the coolest thing that's really helped us out a ton that may not be the coolest or highest tech as is, has been the evolution in mud motors and MWD technology. You know, we've almost completely eliminated EM from even being a thing because pulse technology has come along and it's so fast and so reliable now at a much cheaper cost point than EM. That has been a big game changer for us when it comes to actually drilling faster. And that yep. may not be the sexiest technology. Or doesn't newest, matter. It doesn't matter. The newest work. rotary steerable or whatever. But yeah, we need better rotary steerable. Cheaper, yeah. faster, stronger, better rotary Exactly. Steerable. You know, they've got some really cool technology, but it doesn't apply to what I do because the price point's so high. It's offshore technology. Really, really cool stuff, but My I wouldn't pulse. consider that I wouldn't consider that a big evolutionary step for us on shore because do you think expensive. that'll have to be with something like within the mud and the equipment like where we make it like a faster better stronger like more data over I mean, that that's that's what it that's what it has been as you get more effective trans you know you have just more effective mud pulse technology Man, to pump cool. up more data get faster tool faces i mean i can remember even eight years ago getting a tool face every 45 seconds was, eh, that's decent 
And now you're getting them every sec, every couple seconds. Every couple seconds, and yeah. you, you make that into milliseconds. Yeah, so you're game changer. You're geosteering it. Your geosteering improves. Your directional control improves because you don't let it get so out of whack because you're missing tool faces. You land. But curves. some of that's going to be auto. I mean, there's. I mean, how many people? How many geo steers are going to be in front of their laptop one of these days? You know? Oh yeah. I mean, it's it, it's, it's all going to be automated. A lot of it. A lot of it is, and that's the other thing. You know, going back to DET that we leverage is we have an in-house geosteerer. That, that we provide if the customer requires. Some customers do their own geosteering and we understand sure. that. Um, but we've got a guy talk to him daily on what's going on and everything. So that allows us, we leverage his experience and, and helps us land curves, stay on target, stay in target, um, you know, substantially more. But I, I, the, the coolest technology that I have seen is mud motor technology and MWD pulse technology. I don't, yeah, I don't want to say- We're still like, we, we need better mud motors for the Hanes. I mean, Oklahoma, Permian, mm-hmm. our motors are fantastic, you know, but that's where I say like that. All the, because a lot of us are getting into like the geothermal idea, Yep. right? So we're going to go mm-hmm. to, re, like there's places in California that are like 600 degrees. Yeah. So we're, how do we put a motor into that? It's, all metal. it's coming. Yeah. I mean, you, you have, you have all metal motors, you have turbine motors, things like that the technology. I don't want to say it's in its infancy, but when you're talking, when you're talking about the motor technology that we have today, it is in its infancy, yep. but it's coming along. You know, we provide, we drill in the Haynesville as well. Um, and we leverage our, uh, our directional provider Liberty down there. And they have some very good hot hole technology that a lot of other companies, you know, are starting to see now as well. And we're able to stay in the hole longer and, and you know, drill farther. And I mean, again, I've talked to people, there's, there's going to be a, an extra 100 rigs in the Haynesville next year. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, no, I mean, this is like Chesapeake Vine, yep. you know, they're going to, they're going to pick up all your Southwest or Southwestern's going to pick up. See if I'm wrong. 100 extra rigs in the in the Haynesville it next year. Not. All the people that I met in the Permian that we talked about mm-hmm. this, like round tables with Hochtown whiskey, right? Probably adding up to about a hundred extra rigs. That wouldn't surprise me at all. That's an opportunity for new technology to be employed. It is. It is, and it's coming. And that's that's why I say it's, you know, it's not the sexiest thing in the world. Oh, it is. You know, one of the coolest technologies I've ever seen was Baker has a radio steerable tool that you can set a liner on. What? And pull the tool out through it. I did not see that. It's offshore. It's millions and millions of dollars. Oh, so it's not something we're <laughs> it's not something we're ever going to see. But I don't consider that cool because I can't use it. So what's cool to me and what's usable to me is maybe different than what's cool and flashy on a large scale offshore because that's not my realm. We yeah we don't usually get to uh, experience the best and newest technology on land in yeah. Oklahoma until. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot of other people have used it. So, but I like I, Amy Downs. That's fine. I think the the amount of curves we've landed and the footage per day increase that we've seen in the past couple of years because of MWD and motor technology is an absolute game changer and step change. And bits have come along. You know, it's not like we went from roller cleans to PDCs. We've been drilling PDCs for a while. The PDC technology has improved to go along with that. PDC now on the outside of motors. You know, I mean, stuff like that. So we've, you know, that's that I think that if, if I had to say, that's probably the, the technology that I've seen that has helped the most. And there's probably, you know, everybody that's listening and everything, there's probably a hundred different answers to that, but 3d printing, you know, if you (laughs) design it in your head, you can actually like, Mm -hmm. eventually we'll be able to use whatever metallurgy we want Mm -hmm. and put it into a design. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's a bunch of new exciting stuff happening. I think it's gonna, you know, you're going to you're going to get to the point to where, 
you know, we have to get faster, we have to get more efficient, and that's going to drive new technology for sure. Yeah. Well, if we get investors on the East Coast and West Coast and they find out eventually by watching our podcast that uh, oil and gas is the best way to go for their investment dollars instead of the uh, green technology mm -hmm. or renewable technology, yeah. this is where it's at. Like, if you need energy, it's oil and gas. Mm hmm and invest in these technologies yeah give guys like you no. all right well i i'm going to keep you like a lot of you know a lot of minutes uh but let's wrap this up That's how cool. do people get a hold of you and uh plug everything you want to plug right now okay so you can get a hold of me um i'll give out you know i can give you my cell phone and, and all my contact information you know to put you know when you put this out so it's it's right now everybody's okay. gonna be watching this yeah. so um you know obviously my my cell phone uh 771-3621 or 304-771-3621 phone's always on your wife is gonna murder me for putting uh, yeah. that out there in the middle of the night people are gonna call you i she i told her she better get used to it yeah you know, it's a it's, it's it, oil field yeah. hey hey babe by the way you're gonna so, be woken up all the time yeah and det can Consulting.com is the easiest way, you know, to get to our website. Um, I can put all my contact information, you know, together for my for my personal email. Um, but the easiest way to get a hold of me is reach out to me. I'm on, you know, I'm on Facebook, you know, all that stuff. You know, however you want to get a hold of me, call me, text me, email me. It, it doesn't matter, you know. You're on, hey, he's on LinkedIn. That's yeah, where we LinkedIn. all yeah, That's, we all love LinkedIn. That's yeah, our Woolfield Facebook. Exactly. So you know, obviously, I'm on LinkedIn. You know, message me on there. Anytime. LinkedIn should really pay the Woolfield for all that we do. Yeah, we do for them. We do a lot. On we there. do well. So, um, and then just, you know, at a, you know, a larger scale, you know, just to plug DET consulting, you know, I, I like to think that, you know, we're one of the best project management groups out there and we, you know, we're not just a, we don't just supply company man or anything like that. We're a full scale, full on project management. He's going to be running this company is what he's so, saying. No, that's, that's not, I don't put words in my mouth, but you know, I want to, you know, I, allegedly I, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking forward to, to really helping them out and helping them grow the business. So, you know, I like to. Young blood. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I want to help develop that project management. And, you know, I, I want to make sure, you know, obviously we're we're much more on the drilling side of things than anything else. But, you know, at the end of the day, we provide completions too. Um, yeah. You know, we've got we've got our in-house completions guy that we use, and he utilizes a lot of the same a lot of the same stuff that we do, you know, through frack fleets and sand sourcing and stuff to kind of eliminate all these pitfalls that we're sand talking about. Sand sourcing. Man, there's a whole other podcast. Oh, I can't oh wait. Hey, if you know about sand, <laughs> I want to talk to you. Like, yeah. hey, bring me sand people in this room and uh have you seen the oh is the new movie dune out yet it is i watched it did you ever watch the old version when i was little i think Damn that it. i did <laughs> so but i don't you better remember. get I don't you better get on netflix or amazon right now and watch the old versus new you want to find out like if my generation's dune or your generation's dune is better <laughs> okay i'll have to do that but you know, at the end of the day i you know I just, I just trying to get the, trying to get the name out there. You know, if we can get a foot in the door and, and talk to you, you know, we're, we're more than willing to help. You know, I, I think we can provide a, a really good product and would love to hear, you know, what, what everybody has going Bring on. Bring him problems, man. If you yeah. have a problem to solve in this industry, Evan can probably do it. That's yeah. He knows yeah, the people yeah. and the engineering behind it. Like he'll sit there and solve a problem for you. Yeah, no, and I think that you know. That's what's good about my friends that are engineers. Yeah, and it, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not going to say that I've got all the answers, but like we're talking about earlier, I know the people. Our that, network yeah. can find them for you. Yeah, but I'd love to help you if you're having an issue. Um, you know, when you're on the drilling side of things, and you know, want to talk about it. You know, my advice is free. At the end of the day, if you just have a question and want to talk about it, yeah, just reach out to me, and I'd love to help. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being here. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you very much. Take care. God bless. Hey, everybody, see you next time. And uh, reach out to Evan and support him and uh, his uh, company. Thank you. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
think that went well. Dude, that went perfect. That's exactly what I could have. Every single time.